Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to NJSBA's podcast program, Conversations on New Jersey Education, a program dedicated to creating conversation among those of us in the education community and beyond on the important education issues of the day, a conversation that I hope that brings uh, state and educational leaders to you, and I hope you feel free to join in on the conversation. My name is Ray Penny. I'll be your host this afternoon. Today, as normal, we'll be taking your phone calls, but we also have our chat room open. This gives you two vehicles in which to participate in the show. Uh, Michael will be monitoring uh, the chat room and the switchboards this afternoon. Uh, to call in, dial 1-347-989-8904. And when you're ready to make a comment or ask a question, press 1, and that will indicate in our switchboard that you're ready to ask a question. Uh, Michael, get your name, your question, and topic. And uh, also, if and then he'll pass it on to me. Also, if you're on the phone line, I will ask you to turn down your volume on the computer and only listen on the phone since there will be a delay and it's kind of confusing. Uh, if you're listening on the computer and you want to use the chat room feature, you have to log on to the chat room and use uh, uh, register with Blog Talk Radio. Uh, over the past years, we've spotted big changes in education in our school district new standardized tests, new curriculum, and even new teacher evaluations. But maybe the the biggest change, those are uh, revisions of practices that we always had. Maybe the biggest change has been the use of social media. It seems like it's almost overnight uh, changed the way we communicate and disseminate uh, information through both our community, our teachers, uh, and the students. Um, often we hear incidents about someone posting something on the school district or social media website and there's creates an uproar uh, and it kind of prevents us sometimes from doing trying to stay away from uh, social media. Today we're going to talk about the positives uh, of using social media and with us I have three uh, individuals who in their school district have used social media positively. First I have uh, Dr. Timothy Purnell from uh, Somerville School District. Welcome Tim. Hey Ray, thanks for having me on the show. Okay, uh, you're with Somerville. Just give us a brief description of Somerville. Sure, I have the privilege of serving uh, as a Somerville superintendent. Uh, we are preschool through grade 12 uh, school district with uh, 2,500 students. Uh, we actually do have a associate's degree program, so we can uh, you can have that as well, uh, depending on uh, a cohort model. Uh, but we're I am a tremendous advocate of social media and uh, excited to talk about it today. So thanks for having me. Okay. Okay, and also we have your colleague, uh, Jim McLaughlin, uh, the superintendent in North Plainfield, and with him is Michelle Vela, who's the assistant superintendent in North Plainfield. Jim, uh, well, well, welcome to both of you, and one of you explain uh, a little bit about North Plainfield. Sure. Thanks, Ray. Uh, we also are very, very happy to be a part of this discussion today. We think very positive movement in terms of um, outreach and building community. Uh, we're a pre-K-12 district in Somerset County of about 3,200 students, a uh, very diverse district, and a district that's very receptive to uh, the uh, changes that we've made in regard to outreach with social media. All right. Um, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Uh, Tim, I'll you answer this one first, and then Jim or Mel, you can uh, chime in. Why social media? Uh, I know Tim and I had a conversation. Uh, I think communicating with the public has always been a little bit of a difficulty for tricks. Is social media maybe an improvement of what we used to do, Tim? Yeah, you know, uh, 
I, I mean, I strongly believe that Twitter and other versions of social media provide limitless opportunities, you know, for staff development, uh, articulation with educators and leaders globally, um, increasing communication with your stakeholders, timely release of information, um, and I think it also provides opportunities for our students to learn with uh, their peers uh, globally. Um, you know, we use uh, all sorts of forms of social media, and I can get into those if you'd like now, or if you want me to we'll mention those We'll get into that in a little bit, uh, but we definitely sure. spend the bulk of our time talking about that. Um, Michelle or Jim, do you want to follow that up? Well, absolutely, in terms of professional learning, uh, social media does, I agree, offers limitless opportunities. Uh, with Twitter, there are so many educators on Twitter and global connections that can be made. Um, there are groups that exist, so if there's a specific area that you really want to hone into, you can easily join in the groups that specialize in those areas, and you really get, um, in real time, most current and up-to-date articles to read, strategies to use in the classroom, and really connecting with the experts in the field and not having to always travel to a conference. I think also um, from that end, blogging, reading blogs, uh, starting educational blogs so that we can share our learnings with the staff and the world. I think that those are really two positives that come along with uh, professional development with social media. And, you know, if I could just uh, jump on another aspect that Tim mentioned, uh, and, and he talked about how uh, social media is really a, a worldwide communication tool. Uh, some of the research that we did in terms of bringing social media to the district was from the Pew Center, and uh, what we came across uh, was some very interesting statistics. Uh, 264 world leaders uh, sending 350,000 tweets to 52 million followers, including uh, Pope Francis as one of the newer members of the uh, Twitter world. Uh, and certainly uh, we think that with that type of uh, communication option that that um, leaders of countries and nations throughout the world have chosen to utilize, uh, certainly as schools, we don't want to be uh, behind in terms of that method of communication. We want to be where the world is. All right, so you all have answered kind of why uh, when, uh, you know, you don't have to be that old. This wasn't in any of the education classes that you were given in, whether you were teacher prep or even superintendent, administrative school, you know, probably didn't have a class on social media. How did you get started to say, okay, I, I want to go into this? Uh, Jim? I think that uh, it was a natural progression. Uh, there was uh, certainly a lot of sharing that happens collegially among uh, superintendents, among teachers, uh, among um, supervisors, other educators at the, uh, at the higher education level. Uh, so uh, it was a natural progression to say, why can't we utilize uh, this type of device to reach out to our community, uh, to build within our community that exists in the schools? And so um, it w I would say more than anything, it was a natural progression uh, informed uh, by some survey data, which at some point I'd, I'd like to share, but I don't want to mm -hmm. um, uh, elaborate too much at this point. Uh, Tim, did you take any steps to decide all of a sudden you're doing on something on Facebook or you're doing a blog? How did you decide to, to move forward? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, one of the things, um, and I love what my colleague Jim had mentioned, but, um, you know, also having students, meeting students where they are, 
you know, and they're living in this digital realm of social media and they're constantly on devices and communicating that way. And I think that's also, nat- you know, to Jim's point, a natural progression. Uh, for me, um, you know, I, I, there's many avenues that I use in social media and I think um, you have to find which avenue best suits uh, your needs or your district's needs. Um, you know, a lot of districts use like a, a global connect or an instant message that's sent out, uh, you know, to phone numbers or texting. Uh, but we in, in the Ville, we we use Twitter. Um, every Almost every one of my staff members are on Twitter. Um, we actually have a hashtag uh, all in for the Ville. And that's a way that uh, community members are interested, um, you know, bloggers or, you know, online uh, uh, trafficking. They could see exactly what's going on in Somerville. Um, you log into the ha- you, you type in the hashtag and you can see exactly what's occurring in all of my classrooms, uh, best practices. Um, but, you know, I also use Twitter for instant communication for the safety of the children. Um, I'll highlight district ha- happenings um, and uh, use it to network with my colleagues. Uh, I have been using Twitter since 2009 and I love it. We actually have a Twitter Tuesday where staff members uh, will tweet out. We've had faculty meetings where instead of meeting in a location, we're able to tweet uh, and staff members are sharing district wide without having to drive from one school to another. Um, so Twitter, we use Twitter in the Ville. Um, I also utilize my blog for like an extensive update or, uh, you know, such as an update on a strategic plan or new initiatives. Um, YouTube, we'll do like a, we'll do some YouTube videos just to show the community exactly what's going on in the classroom. They can have a snapshot understanding by watching a clip video, uh, you know, a video in the classroom. Um, we have a district app you can download to your phone, which uh, gives you, you know, uh, all the interesting information, a news feed. Um, we actually use Periscope as well, which is really neat. Uh, if you haven't seen this, I urge anyone listening to go ahead and Google this, find out some more information. Uh, Periscope is, is a way that you can uh, videotape an event in school, uh, maybe or even after school. Some parents, you know, working families. We have a lot of single parent families here in the Ville, and uh, I know that a lot of families can't get in to attend events or, or a principal coffee session or my session and um, you know, you periscope, you record it, and then it remains on for 24 hours, so you can watch it at your leisure uh, from your computer, and you can feel like you're, hey, you're still involved and you're seeing what's going on uh, in the school district. Wow, um, Michelle, you kind of alluded to it before, and Tim talked about it. Do you is do you use the social media, and which ones are effective for uh, professional development? Because Tim mentioned that teachers are uh, using Twitter on was Twitter Tuesday. You said Tim. Well, the the Periscope is a really yeah. interesting perspective. I like that, Tim. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> right now, YouTube for our parent events, and I think the Periscope would be a very timely matter to get that out as well. Okay. And what other else? Uh, uh, what other uh, outlets do you use in uh, North Plainfield? One of the. Uh, the- I think the major area that we use with uh, with our parent outreach is through Facebook. And um, here's where we we found some interesting information when we started up. And we um, our communications committee from our board was really eager to find out how parents use the district website and would parents be receptive to forming a, a, a Facebook page for the district? Would they make use of it? So um, one of the things that our survey showed us was that the website, which is where a lot of school districts have traditionally communicated their digital information to parents, 
that parents were looking at it, uh, 50% of our parents said that they were looking at it on a monthly basis, and that was the highest number of respondents in terms of frequency. So uh, what that told us was that a website is not your most timely way to get information to parents or to an illicit a response if you're looking for a response from parents. Uh, the, the other information that we uh, obtained was that uh, the Pew Center told us that 75% of parents uh, log into Facebook daily across the country, uh, and 51% uh, check it multiple times during the day. Our own data that we had from our survey was that 84% of our parents used Facebook regularly. And so wow. what that, that told us was that's the way we needed to reach them. Uh, that's uh, most likely what's on their phone, what's most likely on their home computer. Uh, and if we wanted to get a message out that people would pay attention to, would see in a timely way, or would even respond to, uh, Facebook was uh, certainly an area that we went to. So our two places that we really put a lot of energy into was Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I have a question uh, that I'm going to pass on that came from our chat room, and uh, either one of you, because uh, I know you mentioned the hashtag uh, previously, Tim. Uh, someone want to know, do you encourage hashtags for Facebook scenes on on school posts? Or I guess, well, I'm not sure if you go into Facebook, but you encourage uh, hashtags for Facebook postings. Oh, that that might be more of a question for Jim. Um, we do use Facebook, but not to you know the extent that he uses. Uh, we do encourage it on Twitter, of course, because it kind of helps you follow along instead of and – and the way the hashtag is basically just a way to follow a common theme. So you type mm -hmm. in a hashtag, and then, then you get every single, you know, user that is tweeting, you know, all in for the Ville. So I've got, a, you know, a second-grade teacher, you know, administrator at the high school, uh, you know, whoever, whoever might be any, any – even a parent, you know, hey, I went to this great event, hashtag, you know, all in for the Ville. It allows us to categorize the great things. And then we have a feed on the website uh, – Although I'm not sure if you know the website is used based on what Jim mentioned, but you know we've got a feed that allows you to also see it directly syncs to the Twitter feed, so you can see. Hey, so if you go right now to Somerville and JK12, you'll see the the All In For The Ville hashtag, and you'll see who's tweeting recently uh, and what they're talking about in the classrooms. So, so you encourage the hashtag because it gets the the conversation going online. Yeah, it allows them to, uh, you know, to kind of keep track of uh, whatever it is you're you're talking about. Right. So, um, you know, for us, it's all into the Ville, and then uh, sometimes, you know, teachers will come up with creative hashtags, um, you know. But, yeah, we do encourage the all into the Ville hashtag um, so that we can kind of organize um, all of the uh, the tweets into one. You know, it's almost like a fi you think of a file folder. You know, you put everything in one folder. That way the community can follow along nicely. It's the best way I can describe it. Okay. And uh, Jim, do you, uh, or Michelle, do you encourage hashtags? We we do not encourage it on Facebook. And I would say from a district perspective, the information that we're putting out, we're not necessarily encouraging hashtags. However, similar to Somerville, many of our, our teachers, specifically our, our Google coaches who are our technology leaders in the district, they will often um, utilize some creative hashtags, and that will be representative of the North Plainfield community. Uh, I had a, and this came to a question I was talking to someone. I have two questions actually that came from other people, uh, and one was a board member. Um, do you need extra staff to monitor the social media? How do you handle that? Is that, or is that something that just part of everyone's job is to use it? 
Uh, how do you monitor, particularly if it's a district-wide uh, message? I'm happy to, to start that conversation. Um, actually, when I was at a workshop this year, I, having attended a workshop where they did have someone specific on staff that was managing their social media, that mm -hmm. spurred some conversation in our district. Uh, at the time, Dr. Jim was really running uh, the social media for the district as he is right now. We had a conversation about control specifically. Uh, what are the different options for the district social media? Would we rotate it with staff members that might be interested? Um, hopefully at some point even having student, student working on that with uh, maybe some structured learning experiences with our program. What we are doing, and we're working with our communications committee with the uh, Board of Education, we actually just started a, a very small segmented position for a social media manager who will be really the liaison for the district uh, for our social media. So they'll assist with promoting um, the positive image of our school district and really communicating with staff, developing communications with our social media, collecting announcements, photos, news of school events for the purpose of really uh, communicating with our school community um, and our, our town community. And it's really, we're looking at it as somebody who's going to tell our district story, who's really going mm -hmm. to market our district and tell the story of what's happening here on a daily basis because we're really proud of that and we want it to be reinforced with the media outlets that we have. Okay. Uh, Tim, what about you? Have a, I mean, you have all your, you're trying to, it sounds like you're encouraging your teachers to participate in all this. How is sure. the staff time allotted? Yeah, we, well, just to give you a back end on that, we do um, spend a lot of time educating, uh, you know, our children on proper uses of social media, very similar to um, my colleagues in North Plainfield and also our staff members on appropriate and inappropriate posting. Um, but yeah, we, we do encourage us, you know, the, the, uh, sharing of ideas and also our kids, you know, getting back into the, the comment about the students, having students sharing, uh, pieces of work or information or collaborate on a project with students, you know, in another country, uh, across, you know, the state. And that really a lot allows for that kind of global citizenship. You know, we talk about preparing students to be, uh, you know, global citizens. You know, this is allowing them to be globally connected. So, but yeah, you know, uh, very similar to my colleagues in North Plainfield, we do do a lot of, you know, we spend a lot of time on educating, you know, proper usage of social media and uh, the concerns related to social media. Um, and, and I thought of one other thing with uh, your question, not to circle back, but the uh, hashtag question. I also did a, um, when I did my strategic plan, I, in addition to meeting with every staff member and hosting uh, parent informational meetings in the buildings, I also used a hashtag specifically for the strategic planning, looking for input from the community, and it was that simple that they could just, you know, tweet back at me with the hashtag and kind of give me feedback um, whenever they had the time, you know, instead of having to attend a meeting or having to, you know, sit down and give me input if they weren't available. So, you know, it really provides for that kind of constant flow of information. Uh, I'm going to – one of the things that, uh, Michelle, you said uh, – you talk about having someone look at your, for lack of a better term, the vision of the uh, of the district. What's going on? Uh, when you get started in this, do you have to have like a, a plan to say, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're trying to our message. Uh, you know, how did you get? I mean, I'm going kind of circling back and getting started. Did you have to lay out this is our plan? 
for social media now and probably adapt to it as as it changes every week. Uh, Jim? Yeah, one of the things that we're doing right now, and we're using the uh, the position that, that, that Michelle just referenced to, to assist us with this, is putting together a social media plan. So I don't want to make it sound like we uh, didn't enter into this with a plan. Uh, we, we certainly did have a plan of how we wanted to do it, but when you have one person who's kind of the disseminator of that, it's kind of easy to implement the plan that's in your mind. Uh, right now, as we as we look to expand this, and the vision, as Michelle mentioned a little while ago, is to really expand this so that our, com- our, our school community can truly share in disseminating the message, uh, not only by contributing through, like, through a common hashtag, but really being the principal people to feel, I'm getting the message out, I'm getting the why out about uh, North Plainfield, why we exist um, you know, in much the same way as a, a business like McDonald's, uh, puts its brand out there and tells you why they're the best place for you to visit for lunch. Uh, we want to get the idea out there about why this is a great place to have your children educated. And so there does need to be a wider social media plan to incorporate uh, people who may take the helm for, for a turn. And uh, that's something that's very intriguing to us uh, and that we're embarking on right now, a social media plan. It sounds to me, and you know, Tim or Jim or Michelle, you can chime in, that you have to be a little flexible in this because your cha- social media changes. There's new venues and outlets being added all the time. So while you sure. have a plan, you kind of have to keep adjusting it. Is that something that uh, seems correct to you guys? Yeah. Um, you know, from my perspective, we didn't we didn't necessarily have a plan. So we... You know, we we started tweeting the all in for the Ville hashtag, and the teachers drove the initiative to use social media. So it wasn't necessarily that we sat down and said, "Hey, we're going to move in this direction." You know, you know, society has put us in in this situation. So we, the teachers, then you know, started using the all in for the Ville hashtag. They started using it more frequently. Then they came up with the idea, "Hey, can we have PD sessions and credit for you know tweeting Tuesdays, or can we?" Mm. So I I would say that it's kind of backwards in terms of you know here's society we're moving along towards social media, and now not only we're not reactive, we're being proactive in terms of what we're using now. But yeah, it's gonna it's got to be flexible. It's gonna change. I mean, Ray, you're right on. Uh, but now I have it's great. I have my 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 principals are now using 360 degree surveys. We have a digital divide task force that's looking at well, what about the kids that don't have social media? How do we get you know technology to them? And so I mean, but it's really you know technology is moving in in so quickly. But that's a good thing. And I, I don't necessarily think you have to have a a plan. Just my perspective. And um, you know, but. You know, I think the kids are and, and the teachers are driving what that looks like. And uh, Jim, maybe you can chime in on this. What about the? There might be staff members who are reluctant to get involved, uh, or maybe even parents. Uh, how do you deal with that if that's a problem? Well, uh, I've, candidly, we haven't experienced that problem. That doesn't mean that that uh, there couldn't be someone who hasn't articulated a resistance or uh, not being receptive to it, uh, but. Uh, I would say on the other end of the spectrum, we heard from many staff members how happy they were when we lift the block on Facebook in the district and when we lift the block on YouTube, which was, uh, you know, a lot of school districts had those blocks in in place, um, which really cut away from some great educational tools. 
And I want to go back to something, you know, that, that, uh, that Tim mentioned before, and that was, you know, our obligation and what we feel we truly need to do uh, in, uh, for our students is to teach them digital citizenship. And you don't teach di digital citizenship by not letting uh, people work with the tools that belong in this day and age. Um, you know, we, we, we don't ban books anymore and or have book burnings, and we shouldn't be blocking uh, social media sites. What we need to do is teach our children how to use these responsibly, how to use them in a way that's productive and positive. So um, we have not heard uh, negative uh, vibes from our uh, teachers um, in, in terms of either our use of it as a district or in terms of an educational application. Tim, what about you? Did you have any negative? I mean, it seems like in your district it was almost uh, driven from the bottom up. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah. did you have any pushback from any section? You know, I, I, it's a great question. I don't mandate that the teachers all have a Twitter account. So it's really not a, uh, like you said, kind of, you know, it's been pushed from the bottom up. So we haven't seen the resistance uh, that's not to say, you know, as, as my colleague mentioned, that, that there may be some resistance, but really we've allowed the teachers to learn at their own pace, to be comfortable with what so social media platform they would like to use in the classroom. You know, we've got some teachers using Poll Everywhere. That's, you know, hey, that's an opportunity for them. We've got some that are blogging, some that are, you know, so we don't uh, mandate that teachers ha use a particular avenue. Um, I think it's it's a, you know, it's a menu of options for you as a user to say, hey, you know, how can I use this? to best meet the needs of my classroom, or how can I use this to grow professionally? How can I use this to, you know, um, uh, to better myself? I mean, so it's it's really up to the youth. And we haven't, you know, kind of told the teachers, hey, we want, uh, you know, everyone on Twitter. It just so happened that, you know, their colleague down the hall is using it and, you know, tweeted out their first tweet. And, you know, then and then they say, hey, you know, I, hey, I'd love to try this as well. You know, and I think that's that's the advice I would offer to any listener who may be, you know, kind of thinking about, hey, do I do I try social media? You know, give it a try. You know, try out a tweet. You know, test out the platforms, and you have to uncover what works best for you and how you can best. And I love what my colleague Jim had done. You know, how best meet the needs of your district. This this is the avenue that would work best for my district and my children. Uh, I have a couple of follow-ups because uh, there's a lot. A lot of people who are not into social media, if you read the headlines, what makes the headlines is usually when something goes wrong. Um, you both emphasize digital citizenship, uh, a part of your uh, students and staff. Uh, have you had any really problems with it? Because every time we, I know people try to move forward in social media, they think about all the bad things that can happen. Have you really had too many postings that you've had to take down, or has it been minimal? In North, in North Plainfield, we have not. Um, we we would really we abide by the acceptable use policy that we have in the district. And if something did go wrong, we would clearly go back to our acceptable use policy. But we haven't had any issues, um, which we're very very grateful for. And we really, I think, one of the conversations that you're having about that would be whether it's a, a one way or a two way exchange mm -hmm. with social media. So we're we're following a one way exchange. Um, anytime we'll put students' pictures on social media, we always make sure that we have the appropriate parental permissions, um, and we, we really try to regularly update it. Regarding whether the, the teachers are having any issues with their social media, with the classrooms, 
Again, they're abiding by the acceptable use policy. We educate the students, um, just as our, our colleague in Somerville is, is speaking to. That's so important because we really feel like the district using social media for teaching, for learning, for extending the, the positive happenings that are going on is really exemplifying how we can use social media in a positive way and modeling that with the students and bringing them into the work. And, and we're really just hoping that that is a part of their education as well, not only in, in the content, but in the digital citizenship. And Tim, did you have any uh, issues or does it seem to be uh, people really, the community, the staff have really embraced the proper use of the social media. Yeah, I would say that they they certainly have embraced it. Um, you know, I always see if the, you know if there's a negative comment tweeted at me, um, you know, I see it as a as a mode of reflection. Um, you know, hey, there's important information here. One thing I advise, and I certainly advise to all of our listeners today, never engage uh, someone in a debate on Twitter. I, I don't think it's appropriate. Um, I think you, in that kind of situation, you invite them in, have a discussion, you know, in person or on the phone. Um, but, you know, you can use it as feedback of information. So to me, you know, even if it's a negative comment that's posted, I think it's important we reflect. So we reflect on everything, every, every, all sorts of information. Uh, one thing we do stress with all the, the staff members and anyone, you know, that we use that uses uh, Twitter is, you know, check your grammar. Make sure you're, when you're posting that, uh, I mean, because it can be a little tricky. You've got a, a certain, you know, item limit. I mean, they're, they're actually Twitter is looking at possibly relaxing that, but you've got a number of characters. So you've got to get creative with how you're going to tweet with a limited number of characters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th those are the kind of challenges we see. But I wouldn't say we have any resistance or any concerns or anything that I've seen that's negative. Um, it's it's all been positive here in the Ville. Maybe I should be fortunate for that. Uh, but, again, if there's negative comments because we've had some over the years, I use it as an opportunity to get to know the person. There's obviously something here, uh, validity behind their concern, and uh, use it as an, uh, another discussion portal. If anybody wants to call in or ask a question, the number one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four, and just press one. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things that I see as a benefit is the cost. Most social media, really, there's not a cost associated in terms of registering. Uh, is there any major cost, uh, Jim, that you see? No, I don't think I, I don't think there's any major cost. Uh, I, I uh, certainly not in belonging to uh, in belonging to any of these groups. Uh, one of the areas that there potentially could be a cost with, depending on how much you wanted to uh, invest in it, we're we're looking at uh, LinkedIn as a uh, professional tool, a recruiting tool, and also another way to send our message out as a school district to professionals who may be considering uh, working in North Plainfield. Uh, to kind of align ourselves with the with industry throughout the country uh, that's making use of LinkedIn. So LinkedIn does have a premium uh, type of uh, subscription. Uh, I, I, again, I don't think that that would be a major cost. Uh, we've not that this is social media, but I get I guess in a way it is um, uh, technology uh, based as well. Um, our ads uh, we've pretty much eliminated ads in newspapers. Uh, for professional positions, and we use, um, uh, not to put an advertisement out there for anyone, but there's an entity uh, that does a lot of digital advertising uh, and application um, uh, work with 
professionals who are, are looking to be in the education world, and we've actually saved a tremendous amount of money uh, by not using print media uh, instead. Mm -hmm. We're also seeing the same in regard to notices to parents uh, that we are uh, will be sending digitally, and I know that many school districts have utilized that, which saves you money in terms of paper and postage. Uh, so, and it's also, from an environmental point of view, a much more friendly approach. And I would think that also, if someone's re sees the job via social media as an applicant, you probably want staff members who are more uh, used to using social media as opposed to someone who's never been on it. Uh, right? That's a great point because you know if they see, if, if they're in tune with social media and they see your message, uh, that already tells you something about your applicant. Hey, Tim, any follow-up on that? Because uh, from my perspective, most of it, there's so many applications that are free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just outstanding, the uh, you know the tapestry of offerings that you have for, for apps and free you know avenues for social media. I think, you know, it comes down to whether the child has a device, and a lot of districts, um, you know, similar to the Ville, we, we went to one-to-one -to -one so that assists the children in having devices and having hotspots in the community so that they can access uh, the Internet to use um, the different social media platforms. So um, we did that through, a, a, I think I mentioned before, we did a uh, digital divide task force to see where the divide occurred and surveying our community as to who had devices, who didn't, who had Wi-Fi, who didn't. Um, but uh, I think that's a key. That probably be, you know, in terms of uh, a cost. But, yeah, the, the actual platforms themselves, um, wonderful opportunities, free resources, and the, I mean, just the endless articulation, limitless opportunities to learn. I mean, I, I wish I had this when I was a child or even when I was teaching, you know, to be able to share and, and to do joint projects with, you know, with a with a colleague of my, another teacher in, in New Zealand and have our students, you know, share, you know, results of uh, soil samples via Twitter. I mean, it's just, in, it's incredible what we can do yeah. uh, when we, you know, navigate these social media platforms. But yeah, as, as my colleague mentioned, yeah, they're free and it's just, it's outstanding. I mean, it's really, and it also has, you know, you know, created a flat world in terms of a competitive society with children in other countries. And I think that's a great thing. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Okay. All right. That's why there's so many people on all these, uh, th medias because it's free. Um, I have a question from our chat room, uh, in replacing flyers and other print media, do you worry that you aren't reaching enough of your school community? I think I know the answer to this, but, uh, Jim or Michelle, I'll let you go first. Well, that's a great question, and one of the conversations that we've been having in our district has been that at the beginning of the year next year, we will ask parents specifically if they would prefer a, a print flyer so that we can keep that in each school so that we're really meeting everyone where they are and exactly what their needs are. So we don't miss anyone, and we are covering the different, different methodologies to get parents information that they need. Mm -hmm. Tim? Yeah, we, you, uh, we're uh, we're always yeah. Are you there? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're always going to have flyers available. Uh, they'll be in the schools. You know, we've got uh, you know students that need them translated into Spanish for our, for our community. Uh, so we 
We'll still have the flyers in the main offices, uh, but yeah, similar to uh, my colleagues in North Plainfield, you know, it's uh, we are moving towards that digital platform. But those families that need the information and need to, you know, be able to read it uh, or prefer to read it, um, you are going to certainly proceed in that similar fashion. But yeah, it's, it's I don't see that we're going to do away with the flyer, maybe less flyers, and certainly saving on the cost mm -hmm. of uh, printing of sending every you know child home with a flyer. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and I would. Uh, one of the reasons you're going to social media too is to reach more parents, uh, to reach the school community a little bit better. Uh, that's one of your motivations too, right? Well, I think yeah. that's certainly one of the uh, one of the thoughts that we had, and we were just chatting before before we went on air. Uh, that what it does do is it eliminates the flyer that that's on the back of the uh, the bottom of the child's backpack that the parent never sees. Or, or that uh, doesn't make it home. And so mm. this is really a direct connection where parents know uh, they have direct access and there's, there's no go-between, there's no middle person uh, that needs to get the message to them. Yeah, you must have known my uh, my kids because I would have – I always <laughs> found those flyers like a week too late. Uh, so, yeah, the flyers weren't always the best uh, method. Uh, I, I want to – turn back because it is we're an education business and you've all mentioned it but I, I do want to reiterate and I know Tim you mentioned this but um, classroom you know we've been talking more about communicating with parents and the community and teachers community professional development what's the benefit mm. to the kids in the class uh, Jim or Michelle well it certainly opens up uh, global learning and the opportunities to to speak to other students in other parts of the world, the country, or even within our own state. It also opens up global learning in the sense that they can speak to other professionals in the area that they're studying to really engage the students and take it far beyond the classroom. We talk a lot about virtual field trips. Um, it, Google offers so many different virtual field trip opportunities similar to that of, of Cultural Institute and really taking the students places that they're studying in the textbook, but now giving them an actual view, a view as if they were standing right there. One of the things that, that we shared out uh, in, in a recent um, um, presentation that, that we provided was that uh, there are places like Global Read Aloud and Global Classroom Projects, Physics of the Future. If you're studying rhinos, you can go uh, and, and log on to Save the Rhinos. Uh, these are all um, authentic, uh, and I really think that you kind of really need to underline that. These are authentic experiences that weren't available for students except if you had a, uh, a, a VCR tape until that became extinct and then a CD, and, but those things age. Uh, they're not, they're not real-time, and, and many times they're, um, they're not a picture of today. Tim, anything to add? I know you've a little bit about yeah, it. I mean, just to add to my colleagues, we've you know, we had one classroom that uh, they they were learning life skills and how to get ready for college and career, and they just said, hey, let's uh, let's Skype with a Navajo tribe. So they, they literally in the middle of class Skype with a Navajo. They obviously scheduled it, and uh, you know, we're able to talk and share experiences. We had Jasmine Rand, an attorney. Uh, who talked about, uh, you know, she Skyped into a classroom that was studying law. I mean, see, it's just, yeah, like my, co I I'm, I'm just reiterating what my colleagues have said, but, you know, it just really provides those opportunities for learning that are beyond the four walls of the classroom. You know, we've eliminated that. We're, we're constantly learning 
you know, and it's it's happening at such a fast rate. Um, as I mentioned before, I w- you know I wish I had this when I was growing up. <laughs> uh, I, I think probably a lot of a lot of teachers wish they had it when they were growing up too. Uh, I will give a story because you just talked about Skype. My kids were in the band, and the teacher would the band director would have the the composer to music Skype in and listen to them and tell them why he was wrong, what he was thinking about, and then critique their performance. Uh, and they love that. Uh, they they give oh. them a first-hand knowledge to a music composer. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And you think of you know having Jasmine Rand speak to the kids right after Trayvon Martin, that whole situation, and having them actually speak to the attorney. I mean, just, what a learning experience. How incredible the value of that kind of learning experience. Yeah, and I love the idea of you know having the, you know the critiques of music performance. I mean, it's inc- it's it's amazing. And you know, uh, just to elaborate that on that on a professional viewpoint too. And I I know because um, uh, we've actually participated with with some Somerville staff on some professional learning opportunities and formed some connections that way. Uh, but um, you know, to to go on at night and be able to have a direct access to the Secretary of Education who's answering your questions. Uh, you know, what kind of access did we have uh, at any time before that was anywhere near that? Uh, and so I think it's very empowering uh, to people who teach our children to have that kind of community that's been built up around social media. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys a kind of a, a personal question because uh, you're, you're a superintendent and there's two superintendents and assistant superintendent. Is it important from your perspective that the leadership of the district, the superintendent and the uh, central administration kind of practice what you're preaching mm-hmm. yeah i mean without a doubt you you need to model um effective ways to communicate effective ways uh, our leadership pedagogy you know i think you have to you know you ha- as a leader need to model your expectations and i think you do so uh in ways that you communicate in ways that we you know i host a meeting and instead of uh, physically meeting we decide we're all going to meet on twitter using a hashtag or we're going to you know you know share ideas you know, through I had to, each of my principals create a podcast with their with their wildly important goal a number of years ago, and each one had to identify what their goal would be, in, or a chapter in a book. Uh, we were reading, uh, you know, a book, uh, uh, Jim Collins' book, and you know they had to study a chapter and then create a podcast. So I think you have to show, you know, or or model those expectations or what you know your leadership style, and then hopefully it filters down. But like I said before, I think the the greatest impact on change is going to be the children and then the mm-hmm. educators. And when change is driven in that direction, I mean that's why you're you're hearing Jim and I both say, "Hey, it's going smoothly. We it's going wonderful. It's it's just the, the the cart is moving." And that's because you know the children and the teachers are driving that change. And okay. adding on yeah. to that, I think what's mm-hmm. really important to note is that we're all in this together, and and we're learning alongside the staff members and the administration, and I think that's really important for them to see. So if we're at a workshop, we're at the same workshop with them and, and giving that same trial. So we're we're vulnerable with them in this endeavor, and we're going to learn together, and we're going to learn from our staff members as we're embarking on this journey. All right. We're, I'm going to ask each of us to give some closing uh, remarks. Uh, Jim, I'll start with you. I think the biggest thing, um, you know, is uh, the biggest factor that that comes up is is a fear factor. So my encouragement would be to those who are considerate: don't be afraid. You know, there's there's always things that uh, can go um, can go wrong with any 
vehicle that you use for communication, whether it's print media or whether it's electronic media or social media. Uh, so certainly uh, we have to have courage uh, in terms of what we take on. Uh, that's, that is uh, what it takes to advance. And so I think that social media is certainly a tool uh, that has to be used. It's not even a, uh, at this point uh, an option. It's, it's uh, the way the world speaks to each other. Okay. Uh, very briefly, Michelle, you're going to agree with Jim? <laughs> I, I will agree with Jim and just say, again, it's, you have to have a willingness and flexibility to learn and, and trial it. Okay. And Tim? Yeah, I would just say pages of learning. You know, we need to be on the same page as our learners, and those learners are in touch with social media and using that, and we need to do the same. Okay, I'd like to thank the three of you, but before I do, I'm going to just, for anyone listening, uh, both live or archive, uh, if you're into social media and technology, on Thursday, March 3rd, uh, we have an interactive program from the New Jersey School Board Association with a variety of sessions covering most pressing school technology challenges in this digital learning classroom. Our keynote speaker will be Travis Allen, the founder and CEO of iSchool Initiative. Uh, Travis Allen is the CEO of iSchool Initiative and has presented in more than 40 states and seven countries. So March 3rd at the Princeton Marriott. Thank you, uh, Jim, Tim, and uh, Michelle. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ray. My pleasure. Thanks, okay. Friend. Thank you for listening, too.